You're listening to a Sales Culture Toddcast with Todd Cohen. Hi, everyone. It's Todd Cohen, and I'm back with you as we continue along this journey of understanding the behaviors, the skills, the tactics of great coaches. And this online web learning experience is called Coaching Not Telling. We've been about a few modules down the road here and we are making good progress. And I hope you're enjoying what you're hearing and you're seeing opportunities to use what we've shared with you so far. Now, module four is one that is a point that we need to understand to become great coaches. It's all about validating for mutual understanding, responsibility, and desired outcomes. In other words, an effective coach establishes and gains a mutual understanding of why the session is taking place and what the outcomes should be. You see, those are the key words right there, an effective coach, and hopefully that's you, and you're going to be great coaches, I'm sure, when you're done with this course, establishes and gains a mutual understanding. In other words, you're creating a common ground, and we'll talk about that in just one moment. So there are four things that we'll be able to do at the end of this module. One, we'll be able to recognize and validate the concerns and the input of the person being coached. What are their concerns? What are their anxieties? What is on their mind that could prevent this from being a good coaching session? And your job is to validate that. Make sure that they're heard and that you're listening to them. This is a huge, huge differentiator between good coaches and bad coaches. We want to understand and apply the skills of, as as I said a moment ago, of effective listening. Understand and explain how a person must accept responsibility for their behavior in order for the coaching to be successful. Accepting responsibility for good behavior and bad behavior is the key here. And understanding the critical nature of not using the word but and replacing it with the word and as keywords in the coaching relationship. So here we go. Effective coaching establishes and gains mutual understanding of why this coaching session is happening and what the outcomes should be. A good coach, a great coach, validates the understanding of the challenge at hand and to validate the concerns and input of the person being coached using active listening skills. Good coaching is also achieved when the coach knows how to differentiate between thoughts, feelings, and facts. One of my favorite saying is facts don't lie, and I believe that passionately. If we're going to coach, we need to coach from place of facts, not borrowed authority, as we talked about a little while ago in one of the earlier modules, and we have to coach from a place of non-emotional conveyance of information. A session will be greatly enhanced when the coach helps the person being coached, the coachee, to accept responsibility for behavior and actions, and both parties need to agree on what the successful outcome would look like. Finally, like any sales situation, replacing the word but with the word and can and will make a huge difference. Remember, This module is about a number of things, and perhaps most importantly, is about accepting responsibility. Now, why do we do this? Great coaching begins with a mutual understanding of why the coaching is occurring. 
Remember we talked about in an earlier module, how do you begin a coaching session? You might want to say something like, would now be a good time to offer coaching? Then you have to say, if the answer of course is yes, it's a good time. Well, why this is happening? You have to lay out the facts. In other words, what I'm hoping that you will be good and become proficient at doing is creating common ground. Now, I like to say that we have two sorts of people that we speak with. Notice I don't say talk to or speak to, I say speak with, because again, I'm trying to create a common ground and I wanna make sure there's mutual respect, mutual understanding and mutual respect. So essentially I put people uh, for this purpose into two categories. We have high reactors and we have low reactors. Well, the high reactor is the person who's very reactive, great expressions, uses their hands, smiles, eye contact, and they're yes, 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 I get it, wow, they're taking notes, they're leading you to believe that they're really getting it. And then of course you have the low reactors. This is the person who might stare at you, blink a few times, doesn't say much, doesn't give you any indication whether what you're saying is actually getting in, sinking in, getting through or not. And by the way, it's important to understand that a high reactor or a low reactor has no bearing, has no bearing on whether the coaching is actually being received or not. This is about how they react. Keep in mind, it's not uncommon for a high reactor to walk away and completely disregard everything that's been said, and a low reactor could surprise you and say, wow, that was amazing and I get it, and now we're on the same page. What's important here, folks, is not to, to be swayed by the reaction type and to stay focused. So, when we talk about validating for mutual understanding, responsibility, and desired outcomes, what could a coaching session opener feel like? So, take a moment and write down your thoughts in these short exercises. What reaction could these openers invoke? What's the emotional reaction that these could invoke? And how might they set you up for a successful or not successful coaching session? Let me tell you what you're doing. Well, given the fact that this course is called Coaching Not Telling, hopefully you see that that's not a terrific way, not a good way, and probably not a helpful way to open a coaching session. I was noticing you're doing this this way, kind of pointed, kind of direct, and perhaps not helpful. Do you have a moment? That could go either way. So think about the reaction that these could invoke. Now, moving on, in terms of coaching session openers, what reaction could these invoke? I have some ideas. Are you open? I was noticing you're doing this this way. Is now a good time? And then, of course, you can fill in the blank. Do you have a moment? I'm curious about your method. You see, the difference between these two types of openers is that these two don't set you up for common ground. They definitely don't set you up for somebody to want to listen and take in. And most importantly, as we said a moment ago, accept responsibility for what's happening. Or I believe that these do. You see, what you're saying is, are you with me? Are you open? Can you be present with me? Is now a good time. You see, it's about setting common ground. It's about not getting defensive. So, it's also important to remember 
that if we're looking for mutual understanding, we want to get on the same page, you will lose credibility if you seem unable to support your facts and accomplishments in a clear and unemotional way. Clear and unemotional way. It's important that regardless of the situation at hand, you're enthusiastic and upbeat and that you're open-minded because in a good coaching session, a great behavior, as we talked about way at the beginning of this journey, part of being a great coach is being open-minded because you don't know what's around the corner. So help me fill in this if you would. Coaching goes nowhere fast if blank are missing. Take a moment and think about what might fit on that blank. Here's the answer. Coaching goes nowhere fast if facts are missing. Remember, facts don't lie. Another key plank of being a great coach, and I think, frankly, building rapport, it's sales 101, and it's all about letting the other person know that you respect them and their time. It's called acknowledgement. Acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. You can't point fingers. You can't say this is the way it is without acknowledging where the other person is and where they might be coming from. You see, acknowledging doesn't necessarily mean your coaching isn't correct or it shouldn't be happening. What acknowledgement does is it creates knowledge on both ends. Knowledge is in the end based on acknowledgement. You see, great coaching doesn't happen without both parties acknowledging what's going on. So I want you to write this down. Acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. You're also going to see that we're going to talk a lot about acknowledge in the next module when we talk about objection handling because objection handling is a key part of being a great coach. So how do we set the stage, not in the physical location like we talked about in module two, how do we set the stage to acknowledge? Well, we listen, we understand, we acknowledge what we're understanding, we listen more, we understand, we listen, we understand, we acknowledge. You see, it's a circle. We go round. we listen, we understand, and we acknowledge. We listen, we understand, and we acknowledge. And that, friends, is how we create a good, healthy working place for being a great coach. You see, it's critically important that all of the concerns of the coachee are acknowledged and understood by the coach, whether you agree or not. You see, by acknowledging their concerns and by demonstrating that you understand where they're coming from, whether it's correct or not, whether it's germane to the coaching experience or not, whether it'll change the outcome, your requirement, your ability to take the high road and acknowledge where they're at is critical because that sends the message that you're listening. That sends the message that you're interested in this being successful and your desired outcome is one of a positive nature. So when we talk about validating for mutual understanding, responsibility, and desired outcomes, listen. There's a couple of things I want us to get in the habit of doing. When the reactor, re when the reactor reacts, whether a high reactor or a low reactor, whether it's emotional, it could potentially be angry, it could be sadness, it could be joy, depending on what the coaching session is about, it's your job to maintain composure. 
you can't feed where they're coming from. Your job is to maintain composure. If you feel yourself starting to react, three steps, stop, breathe, and listen. Stop, maintain eye contact, breathe, three quick breaths or one deep cleansing breath, and listen. You see, when we practice good breathing, which is actually something that I've learned in a course on mindfulness and stress reduction, we become better coaches. You see, breathing helps us get centered. It helps us begin to listen again. And also breathing helps us handle the objection that may be coming and move forward. And we're gonna talk more about this in the module on objection handling coming up soon in our journey. So as I like to say, keep calm and maintain peace. This is a requirement. Now, one of the things I always talk about in my keynotes on building sales culture, everyone's in sales, and this has been around for a long time, is we never wanna use the word but. You see, when you say something and then you say, well, I hear you, but, or, well, that's interesting, but, what you're saying to the person is, I disagree. I'm not listening, you're wrong. You see, what we have to do is maintain mutual understanding. We can't get to a point of the coachy accepting responsibility if we are negating or erasing what they're saying because they think it's important. It may be wrong, it may not be pertinent, it may not be germane, and that's okay. Your job is to demonstrate that you're listening and replace the word but with the word and. You see, what happens is when you replace the word but with the word and, you're connecting the conversation, you're connecting the statements. And what you're saying to the person you're coaching is I'm listening, I respect you, and I want to make this a successful session. Replace the word but with the word and, and you will see a dramatically positive outcome of your coaching sessions. So go to this sheet, if you will, in your handouts, and let's fill this one in together. People being coached can often get blank and then try to throw you off balance with that energy. If they succeed, they blank the session. If you succeed, you blank people. Take a moment and fill in the words that you think might fit here. Here we go. People being coached can often get defensive and then try to throw you off balance with that energy. People getting defensive is a very negative energy. It's a very negative reaction and it can definitely be something that people do to throw you off your stance. Don't let that happen. If they succeed, they control the session. If you succeed, you take coaching to a higher level. If you succeed, ladies and gentlemen, you develop people. And that's what a great coach does. Remember what we talked about some modules ago. Great coaches train, develop, motivate, and inspire people. In fact, I'm going to bring us back to this quote that Stephen Covey said, when you're having a coaching session, you have to remember and keep this in front of you all the time. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. This 
is something you need to keep in mind. In fact, I love something that Simon Sinek said. Listening is not understanding the words of the question asked. Listening is understanding why the question was asked in the first place. Remember this quote, and remember the Stephen Covey quote. These two together help you create conversation and coaching and an understanding of where you are and where the coachee is mentally and emotionally. This helps you find that common ground, that mutual understanding, and helps you both achieve responsibility and determine desired outcomes. Hey, do you know what the secret of listening is? You've heard me talk about this, you've heard me allude to it, and I'm now gonna give you the secret to listening. It's eye contact. The secret to listening, believe it or not, is maintaining eye contact. Often people think it's something else. Nope, when you maintain eye contact, you're listening. In fact, think back to the last module when I talked about what the gaze means. And when people are making eye contact, the impact of eye contact on building rapport and listening skills. If somebody's not making eye contact, there's a higher probability that their listening channels aren't open. So, what does active listening mean? Well, look at this particular screenshot. You've got two people doing what? Open body language, open hands, eye contact. There's active listening going on here, and we're gonna continue to talk about the signs and attributes of active listening. This is actually one of my favorite cartoons. I wish you'd look up from that smartphone every now and then. And then, of course, this guy looks up and he puts on Google Glasses, which are still connected to the Internet. If we want to achieve mutual understanding and desired outcomes, and you want to be able to validate people's concerns, you must begin with active listening and encouraging the person you're coaching to be an active listener, and you have to be an active listener as well. So, what are some simple listening skills? Well, for starters, sitting up. If, if you all are sitting down while you're doing this coaching, sit up, be present, look interested. Now, don't take that one lightly. We all know that people can look disinterested as a sign of, I don't respect you. Lean forward, listen by eye contact, act interested, be interested. Nod your head to show that you're tuned in. Don't nod your head at the wrong time because that will send a message that maybe you're not listening. And track the speaker with your eyes. What great way to show that you're listening. Listening skills are critical to creating that common ground which defines mutual understanding and helping the coachee accept responsibility which helps you both get to the desired outcome. Remember, that's the goal here, is a desired, mutually decided upon outcome. What are other effective listening skills? Well, giving individual attention. Don't interrupt. If you feel the need to interrupt as a coach, stop, breathe, don't react. Respect the right to share the air, share the floor. Neither one of you is supposed to be doing all of the talking. It's critical that we repress the emotional responses. Remember, 
great coaching begins with facts and facts don't lie. Pay attention to nonverbal messages, the eye roll, the smirk, the way somebody's reacting, nonverbal messages, crossing their legs, perhaps crossing arms. Now that could also be a sign that somebody's cold. You wanna be clear about what the body language is telling you. So when we talk about great coaching skills, one of the things they teach you in improvisation, which is really a, a skill to, uh, that, that's taught when you are perhaps doing stand-up comedy, I'm not suggesting coaching as a comedy, However, improvisation means you have to be able to think on your feet. Remember, improvisation for coaching means three things. And if you can always remember these three things and remember to practice them, you will be a great listener. You will be a great coach. You will get yourselves both to a place of common ground. Listening. This creates presence and availability. It messages to the coachee that you are engaged. You see, as somebody receiving coaching, I may not have liked the message, but if I knew somebody really truly cared by being present and listening, I listened, and there was always a good outcome. Say yes and and. Never say but. Commit. Once you have listened and said yes, commitment is vital. So what do I mean by commitment? You make a statement that sounds like, great, now that we're on the same page, what do we need to do next? What are you willing to commit to? What's your commitment to improve, enhance, repeat, or eliminate these behaviors? What are you willing to commit to? And that's committing, that's closing the sale, if you would, for getting to common ground. You see, a great coaching session ends with both parties checking in for mutual understanding. Don't ever assume points have been made and understood. This is a showstopper if you end the coaching session assuming that points have been made and understood. You need to check in to make sure that you both are mutually on the same page. So finishing a coaching session or not ending a session might sound like this. Thank you for your time. I want to make sure that I've done what I can to help make you as effective as possible. Or should it sound like this? What's missing or wrong from this statement? What could you change in this statement? Well, if you're thinking the word I is in there a little bit too much, you're right. There's nothing overtly wrong with this statement, but this is one of the subtleties of coaching. This is one of those moments where you wanna make sure that you're being heard as effectively as you want to be. So, here's what we've covered. This is a, this, these are better ways to end a coaching session. Here's what we've covered. Just to recap, was this helpful? And my favorite is, what was helpful? You see, when you ask a coachee what was helpful, what you're asking is a great open-ended question. This is a question that promotes conversation and doesn't end it.
And by the way, when you ask an open-ended question, what was helpful? You continue the conversation and you deepen the relationship. And do you know what the best part of this is? You demonstrate respect. You show that coaching isn't a negative, it's a positive. So these are some subtle ways to end a coaching conversation. So let's fill in these together as we begin to end this module on validating for mutual understanding, responsibility, and desired outcomes. Avoiding blank is crucial to the process. Avoiding blame is crucial to the process. I think you're gonna know what this next one is because if any of us have been out there for a, enough time, we've heard this. It's not just blank what you say, it's blank you say it. I know you know the answer to this. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Tone of voice, presence, active listening skills are critical here. Ask if this was helpful. Watch for the reaction and address the reaction. This actually is a selling moment because every conversation is a selling moment. It's a coaching moment. It's a networking opportunity. This is an opportunity to influence and inspire somebody to take action. This is an opportunity to handle objections. And I know we haven't gotten to objection handling yet. Hang on, it's coming up soon. Final steps. What's the call to action? A call to action is what's the next step? What would you like them to do? What's the result? What's the desired outcome of the coaching experience? Decide a, mutual, a mutually acceptable time to revisit whatever it else you've talked, whatever it is you've talked about, and schedule check-ins. And by the way, those check-ins might be planned, they might be serendipitous. So let me review the final steps again. Remember what we've tried to do here. Look for mutual understanding, which is about listening, acknowledging, and talking, conversing. We want to have the person then accept the responsibility when you demonstrate that you respect them and you've heard them and you've seen them in action. And then final steps, a call to action. What's next? What's the concrete step that we're going to do next? I'm a fan, by the way, of writing it down, sending an email follow-up. Revisit when and how. What determines success? and plan those check-ins. What are your takeaways? Please spend a few minutes thinking about what resonated with you here. What are your takeaways? What are you going to do as a coach to make sure that you've validated for mutual understanding, you've checked for the responsibility, the acceptance of responsibility, and you've achieved a plan for a desired outcome? I'm Todd Cohen. Thanks for staying with us as we continue this journey together. The next module is coming up right now. To hear more exciting Toddcasts or to book Todd live for your event, please visit toddcohen.com slash book dash Todd. That's toddcohen.com slash book dash Todd or call 866-515-9445.